Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, episode 72. It's all about taking the first step. Once you get involved and all you want is just generally giving back, uh, opportunities will come your way and you just have to be available and be having an open mind and embrace the challenge. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Scott Caulfield. Today with me in semi-sunny Washington, D.C. at the 2019 National Conference, Antonio Squalante. He is a Ph.D. candidate at USC in Southern, Southern Cal, and he's currently the Weightlifting Special Interest Group Chair. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you making the time. I know it's a busy time, you know, being at a conference and trying to sneak away to do this, so we appreciate it, but I know that uh, there's a lot of cool, exciting stuff going on with the Weightlifting SIG, and, and in general, a lot of the stuff that you've done and some of your experience is pretty cool. Yeah. I want to definitely tap into and why don't you talk a little bit of kind of about, you know, what, what you're doing with the SIG and how you yeah. even got involved with the SIG in the first place. Well, I was originally involved as a regular volunteer. Uh, I started about two years ago. And then uh, the guy was, at that time, was in charge of the SIG. Uh, I retired and I was offered the position. So I was very happy to take it. And definitely the SIG has grown a lot so far. Yeah. Uh, to the point that we went from like barely having a meeting last year to be able to have a meeting in a round table this year and almost double our number of members, which is impressive. Uh, I think the biggest challenge was uh, many people coming into the SIG or joining the SIG were expecting to learn more about the sport of weightlifting, uh, which makes sense under a certain point of view. However, the mission of our SIG is to teach people the best evidence practice to use with lifting for sport, which is a different animal, it's a different situation. Oh, yeah. And our goal, uh, not just my goal, but also Dr. Onsby that is helping me a lot, and Dr. Comfort is helping a lot as well. We want to provide coaches with evidence-based practice and resources uh, to learn how to teach and implement Olympic weightlifting yeah. in the training of speed, power, agility, injury prevention, whatever the case might be and change their mindset around the old sport. Because right. uh, many times you have people coming with a very solid background in the sport yeah. of weightlifting. And of course, they definitely know what they're talking about, sure. but their approach is to maximize performance on the platform. Right. And that's not the case when you're training athletes. Right. Right. And there's so many benefits in using Olympic weightlifting, even just the basic derivatives. It doesn't have to be like anything too complicated. Yeah. That is almost like a shame not to use it. Totally, yeah. No, and I think... Uh that's a great point, too. Um, maybe talk a little bit more about kind of what's the whole, like, purpose of the SIG, or can we use that acronym, Special Interest Groups, if you're not familiar, you know, within the NSCA, or kind of, you know, specialty or areas of interest, right? And, yeah. And kind of what's your guys' real main mission, you know, within that? Like, Yeah, our mission is first and foremost to bring together professionals within the NSCA that share the same interest. That's the reason why we developed these groups, or the NSCA developed these groups. Uh, within each and every group, uh, we want to have a nice mix of sharing experience so that younger coaches or coaches that are just looking for support or more like understanding of the profession can learn more about how to develop their passion within their profession, which I think is very cool. Yeah. Uh, and second, we want to provide people with more 
I like to say that just in general, more material yeah. available, and that can be in the form of like sharing articles, or organizing events, uh, speaking at events, uh, sharing like personal experience or tutorials or videos, whatever the case may be, so that they can improve the way they teach and implement with lifting based on what is common practice within our community. Yeah. Because in the end, we're strength and conditioning coaches. We're not weightlifting coaches. Right. No, that's such a great point. And yeah, before we started rolling too, we were chatting about a presentation I did back in, like, yeah. I think it was 2015, maybe maybe it was 2014. At, uh, 2015. 2015, yeah. Yes. New England ACSM and NSCA, we kind of have combined forces and done a clinic every year for the past few years. But that was the first one we did. And I chose a, a weightlifting related topic. I think it was maybe using assistance exercises to help improve technique. Yes. Um, and it was like, yeah, I was, I was really nervous because it was like <laughs> Meg Stone, Kramer, big names. all these big names and then me. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute, why did I pick weightlifting topic? <laughs> <laughs> this was, this might've been a bad idea. Um, but it was a great presentation. Uh, I, I truly you. enjoyed thank it. You. And, and I think like you're saying, it was like, the whole premise of it for me too was I don't train weightlifters. I yeah. train athletes and I, that's not a knock against you weightlifters. Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying I don't train people that compete on the platform. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a weightlifter myself. I don't coach weightlifters. Uh, I understood the importance of weightlifting back in the days where I was a shot putter in high school, a track athlete in high school. And then since then I moved on to play football, American football. Yeah. And I even more understand the importance of strength training in general. So I lived on my own self, yeah. what it means to be able to perform those lifts, improve your performance, and be able to play better. Right. And that's all about it. Like, we're strength coaches. Yeah. We're not weightlifting coaches. Yeah. And you've got a pretty cool experience. You know, you've, you've been on this kind of educational path, you know, for a decade or so. But um, maybe tell us about how you first, you know, found out about the NSCA. And yeah. Then, like, got it's involved. a cool story. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I started school, uh, undergrad school, as a biology major before I transitioned to kinesiology. Uh, but I knew that uh, the reason why I was learning about more about the human body in general is because I wanted to be a coach eventually, although that profession was not quite defined yet in Italy. Uh, so I started doing my own research, and I wanted to find more like evidence-based like articles, peer reviews, journals, or whatnot. And back then, my English was very, very little. Yep. Uh, not that now is anything good, but if I wasn't <laughs> that. Pretty darn good, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I was Googling, just random Googling articles, and I noticed that the best articles I found, uh, I was coming across, they were all somehow related with this thing called NSCA, which I had no idea what it was. So I took the name, I put the name on Google, and I found what the NSA was about. So I went on their website, I learned more about like books, textbooks, uh, certifications and whatnot. Uh, first thing, very first thing I did, I ordered the manual. Uh, however, the NSCA wasn't shipping manuals to Europe. Right. So I had to go through Amazon yeah. and Amazon wasn't shipping stuff to Europe either. Oh, <laughs> so I had to call them, order my book. It took two months for me to get the book. Uh, and I started reading it. My English was good enough. So I had to learn English. I was reading this manual. And then when I felt ready to take the exam, I tried to reach out to that office in Colorado Spring and ask if I could take the exam. But back then there was no format for people from outside the States. Yeah. So I remember waking up in the middle of the night because of the time zone, yeah. uh, I called the office, uh, they sent me a fax. I had to fill out all my information and uh, send it back in, uh, pay the fee, uh, join my membership. 
And then I think like a few weeks later, they told me, well, the first date available is in Long Beach. So good luck, fly to Long Beach and take your exams. <laughs> so I flew there, took my exam, loved it. Wow. Uh, I was lucky enough to pass it. Nice. And I really believe it was a very like mind-changing experience yeah. because that was my very first exposure to professional strength and conditioning. Right. But most importantly, I think I literally fell in love with NCA because back then it was so difficult for me to achieve what people can easily do today. Yeah. It was such a, there were so many walls yeah. Yeah, yeah. to uh, demolish before I can actually get there. Right. But all along the path, I've always felt supported by the NSA itself. Right, right. And I think since, since that point on, all I wanted to do was growing within the community yeah. and give back to the community because they gave me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's when cool. it was my time. Yeah. When, because you've also been uh, on a couple advisory boards. You're yes. currently on the California advisory board, and you were on the P Pennsylvania PA um, advisory board. How'd you get involved with those? Because I think you know that's new too. Probably in the last, oh gosh, five years maybe. But all the state directors, for people that don't know this, have advisory boards, and you know, ideally that that was a way that we've developed also kind of eventually to be a feeder system so yeah. you know hopefully the people who are on advisory boards within your state will eventually take over to become state directors at yeah some point. i remember um after i moved to the states and i gained more experience in the profession like i really felt more comfortable with my skills yeah. and i felt i was at a point in my career when i was ready to give back yeah. and start like quote unquote like educating people more right. and i reached out back then i was living in pennsylvania and I reached out to the local state director, uh, sent me the paperwork, I joined the, uh, the advisory board, but like literally a few weeks after I had to move and I moved to Los Angeles. And then I, that's the way I connected with Matt Ank, yeah. that was the state director yep. back then. Uh, now I think he's the Southwest coordinator. Yep. Yep. So he overlooks right. a much bigger right. yep. group of people. And to be honest with you, he was extremely welcoming yeah. and uh, we met. We met at a local uh, state clinic, I think the Southern California State Clinic. Uh, we discussed about what, like, what he wanted in terms of like engagement yeah. in the community. Uh, I applied, I got the position, and since then I've been involved with him, with NSCA, yeah. in Southern California, Northern California. And it's kind of like, it's all about taking the first step. Right. Once you get involved, right. and all you want is just generally giving back, yeah. uh, opportunities will come your way. Cool. And you just have to be available and be right. having an open mind yeah. and embrace the challenge. Yeah. That's a good point, though. Like, uh, you know, just the fact that if you're going into it for the wrong reasons, right? Like, yeah. personal gain versus, you know, what can I do to help and what can I do to Absolutely. make it better? Things happen. Yeah, you know? they do. And, and, and it's, it's kind of a wishy-washy statement, but like, it's true, you know, and I've said before, you know, luck is where preparation meets opportunity, right? So yeah, I really absolutely. don't believe in luck, absolutely, yeah. you know. like You prepare yourself. Totally, yeah. And I remember when uh, Matt and I got closer, we uh, thought together a couple of um, uh, very small continuing education events. Uh, and then I was offered the opportunity to, go to teach the first CSCS prep course oh, nice. yep. in Long Beach. It was a three-day event. I think it's a great event. Yep. I wish I had it back then yeah, when I started. Right. Uh, it really does prepare you for the CSCS. And, and at that point, I was really freaking out. Yeah. Because yeah. having to teach what no one taught me, right. I had to learn it by myself, yeah. and being able to deliver the message right. so that the message can actually be useful for people yeah. to like, improve the skill and eventually take the test. I always tell them, like, don't learn to take the test. Right. 
you want to learn what you have to learn to become a better professional. Taking the test is just part of the process. Okay. And the qualification that you need to become a registered professional in this field. But you want to study because you want to learn and you want to improve. And I think what that's what the NSA does the best. Yeah. Uh, we tend to develop professional more than just name after your name when yeah, you sign. Yeah, yeah, I love that. No, that's such a great point. What um and so after you kind of initially had reached out to NSA, did, then you moved from Italy to the United States. Well, no, I was I was in the United States. Yeah. Uh, my first, my very first uh, coaching position was in Boston. Okay. And then since then, I've been moving different places, yeah. uh, including Canada. Yep. Uh, I just I think I got more involved uh, with NSA yeah. uh, almost simultaneously when I was kind of changing my career path. Okay. Uh, I was really lucky to uh, coach a lot and coach all the way up to the Olympic trials uh, in track and field. And that was a great experience. Uh, I, wish to, I wish that kind of experience to everyone in this field. Uh, but I, I remember when we flew to Eugene for the Olympic trials and I was surrounded by all these like big name coaches. Uh, it didn't make me feel, uh, I was extremely proud of course, but like it was a very humbling experience because I realized like how little I actually right, knew, right, right, although right. I've been coaching for a good amount of yeah. time. And when I came home, my very first thought was, well, I probably should get back to school, yeah, yeah. Uh, further improve my education, because now I have the experience. So I have some sort of know-how. Yeah. I have a basic understanding yeah. of the science behind it. But if I really want to get better, I need to improve my education first. At that point, I, I, I decided to step away from the collegiate environment. Uh, embrace whatever it took to get to a good school, right. uh, continue my education. And that's how I switched to the private field. Yeah. And that's how I started working in Los Angeles. And it kind of happened at the same time as I was getting more involved in the NSEA. Yeah. So it's been a cool process of me improving my own skills and transfer them right away yeah. to the future professional in this field. Right. And that mentoring aspect of the profession is what really drives me to get better. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And such a huge part of it because there's so many different like you know, levels of mentors and mentorship. Yeah. And what, so what, what really made you decide to go down the PhD route? That's certainly not an easy, you know, it's not an easy one to take on. Uh, I have to be, I have to be honest. I'm very thankful. I had the chance to meet, uh, Dr. J Doves along the path. Uh, he really, uh, took me under his wing and like kind of, uh, taught me the basic research. Uh, we actually worked together for my doctoral thesis in Italy. Okay. We did a very like interesting, project cool. shared between Rome and Colorado oh, wow. uh, on strength training and change of direction speed, cool. uh, which we're in the process of translating now, yeah. so it will be uh, published soon. Yeah. Uh, he showed me uh, a different aspect of research mm. compared to what I was more familiar with, and his research done with the purpose of changing evidence-based practice on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's something that f maybe for you guys is very common and familiar. Uh, in Italy, it wasn't, we don't really have much research in Italy on strength and conditioning. Uh, and it kind of like shaped my approach to the whole academic field. Yeah. And I think uh, because I really love teaching and because I really believe in research, the PhD is the perfect combination of doing research and teaching. Yeah, totally. So, totally. And so many coaches you've seen getting involved in you know, getting a PhD and whether yeah. they're going to stay in the trenches and keep coaching or move into academic roles or where they can really, like you're saying, feel like they give back more by helping yeah. the next generation of coaches and fitness professionals. 
Yeah. Uh, and J-Daw is great. I have to definitely give him a shout-out, too. Uh, he just took a new job. He's going to Oklahoma State, and I took over coaching or teaching his class uh, in January. So I taught last oh, semester awesome. at UCCS, Colorado, Colorado Springs, the advanced strength and conditioning class for the master's program. Congratulations. So that was my first teaching experience, yeah. Definitely, Jay, you know, threw me in the water to see if I could swim, and I guess hopefully I did. We'll find yeah. out. <laughs> it was fun, I'm though. Sure. It was different. You know, totally different, but not not that different, you know, and I think you know what I mean when I say that. Yeah. Like, Jay Dose has been probably the only mentor I've ever had nice. uh, because growing up uh, in this profession, uh, I was always a big reader, so I was reading a lot of books, uh, and I grew up idolizing Yuri Verchosansky, Nice. Uh, just because uh, I knew him closely because he moved to Italy. Oh, wow. So I was able to have a lot of his material available in Italian yeah. that is still not available in English. Okay. Wow. So I really got to know. Yeah. I, I actually knew about his work after he passed away. Yeah. Uh, that's why I never actually got a chance to have a real life mentor right. until I moved to the States. Yeah. And the first person that like, actually uh, helped me in this path was Jay Doves. So how did you connect with Jay? Uh, I think I first connected with him uh, just to ask general information about the NSCA. Nice. And I, I really wanted to do some research, yeah. but I didn't even know where to start from. Cool. And I knew he was very active. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, I thought, like, he's not going to pay attention to me. Like, right. he's so busy. Right. He's right. doing so many research, so many projects. But believe it or not, he answered me immediately. Yeah. Uh, we exchanged phone numbers. He called me. Like, that was, like, unbelievable right. for me. I, right. I, I yeah. never thought yeah. uh, I could have so much support again. Yeah. Uh, we decided to work together, and since then we've been collaborating a lot and talk a lot. That's cool. No, and then that, I mean, people who listen to this probably have heard me say this or might get sick of me saying it, but, like, that's the differentiator, I feel like, for the NSCA. Like, Absolutely. Organizationally, across the board, the people, because they've been helped by others, you know, throughout this organization, are super willing to help you, whether it's look at a program that you wrote, you know, which was one of the first things that I asked somebody to do when they gave me feedback on yep. when I was super young and, and fresh or, you know, yeah. Well, how do I start this research project? I don't even know yeah. where to begin. What do I do? Where, do? where do I look for PhD programs? How do I get a job in collegiate strength and conditioning? Coaching? Absolutely. So again, I think that's the huge part of the organization that's such, that's different than a lot of other organizations yep. out there. Um, so what's, what's kind of the, any big takeaways you can tell us about the thesis that you guys have come up with? Yeah, well, uh, the most important one, I think, is that uh, strength does matter. <laughs> so uh, regardless of training your athletes for speed, power, agility, or whatever sport you're coaching, uh, strength training is always a major component of your approach, which doesn't necessarily mean heavy strength training. It can be more explosive, more ballistics. Uh, however, a certain component of just absolute strength work is always important uh, for injury prevention reasons, uh, but also to just improve your ability to express power, which in the end, like, you're a better athlete if you're a more explosive, more powerful athlete. Yeah. doesn't really matter how much you lift. Right. It's about how much power you can actually generate. Yeah. And strength is it's still a component right. of that equation. Cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. And... Again, speaking of weightlifting, you, you guys have put together a pretty awesome roundtable tomorrow yeah. with some so great lucky. people. So maybe talk a little bit about that because, you know, this will come out after the fact. But again, hopefully, uh, you know, what you guys are going to talk about is pretty interesting. Yeah. So um, 
usually a national event, like national conference, every, every SIG uh, has a meeting, and that meeting is meant to bring together the people that belong to that SIG and kind of update about what's going on with the SIG. But we're also given the opportunity, if we want to, uh, to put together a roundtable, which is much more technical. So you go much more in depth in what you're developing within your SIG. And last year, we, were, we didn't have the time to put together a roundtable, but this year we did. And as soon as I posted that on Facebook, I had so many people contact me. Uh, oh, I would like to come and participate. Coaches, researchers, like everyone. And uh, the one that actually offered to uh, step up and run the roundtable was Dr. Comfort from the UK, which is like such an honor to have. Just having him attending would be an honor. Having him actually running the roundtable is like unbelievable. And of course, bringing his experience on the table and his name yeah. a lot of other great names followed yeah. like Dr. Af so many people are going to be there yeah. attending and uh, sharing their background in research and together we decided to uh, pick and choose a topic that was most relevant for our vision yeah. and again we want to differentiate from not necessarily USA with lifting yeah. but j- because we partner a lot with USA yeah. with lifting yeah. and we try to help each other as much as we can we, w- we just want to differentiate for the community of we're lifting as a sport in such a way that we are more oriented toward research and research geared toward performance sport. So this all round table will be about uh, past, present and future in research for Olympic weightlifting sport. So it's a very pertinent topic and everyone will be able to take home a message that can immediately apply in a daily life situation. That's awesome. No, because that's a big one and that goes back to what we were talking about about my presentation at the New England ACSM. Like, Probably, there's probably a few people that coach weightlifters that come to our events, but primarily the NSCA is people who train athletes. And again, yeah. we are first and foremost to say, if you want to know about weightlifting, you should go to USAW. Absolutely. If you want to, you want to know about the, the technical lifts involved in the sport of weightlifting, absolutely, USAW level one, the advanced sports performance course level two. If you're going to coach weightlifters, you need to go there. And that's why it's so important cool that you guys are doing this to kind of really differentiate and it's like look yeah we train field sport court sport yep. athletes and this is the application of weightlifting for those yep. sports so. and we're very lucky that anna is the educational manager that you say we're lifting sure yep. yeah she's such a huge asset for a sig uh, she's very much involved with the nsca and of course she's very much involved with usa we lifting as well okay. And she's the one that actually, for the first time, tried to bridge that gap yeah. between the two like bodies. And now we're actually working together, which is amazing. Yeah. No, and it's super cool. We've definitely, again, uh, we've been trying to do different things and see how things fit and work. And I'm, I remember it was a while ago now because Michael Masick, who was the NSCA executive director, was the executive director of USA Weightlifting. And when he was the executive director of weightlifting, I had gone over and met with him and trying to figure out what we could do more yeah. to work together at the higher level, yep. you know, and then he ended up being now our executive director. And so there's always this very, very common, you know, great kind of friendship slash, you know, we, we know there's so many different things that we could do together. It's just a matter of seeing like what's yeah. the, what's the, what makes the most sense for all the Absolutely. organizations, right? And we want to let them know, like everyone that has a very strong background in coaching, weightlifting as a sport, is always more than welcome to join the group and bring his or her own experience on the table. As long as we 
all agree upon the fact that we're sharing information for coaching athletes. Right. That's all it matters. Right. Doesn't matter where you come from, as long as you have something to offer that can be used to coach athletes. Right. And of course, Olympic weightlifters or former Olympic weightlifters or, or coaches in weightlifting has a lot to offer. Sure. They have a lot to offer. As long as they get into the right mindset that they're switching the gear from coaching athletes from the platform to the field. Right. It's a different kind of environment. Yeah, and because again, we're talking about more than just coaching them you know to to do the lifts and we're also talking about all those other components oh yeah speed agility plyometrics you know yeah it's a process movement uh, yeah you know you know deceleration yeah a lot of yeah. things that you're not going to get you know in a strict weightlifting environment absolutely yeah. no i think that's great um and you spent some time in college, high school, too. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the strength and conditioning experience that you've had. Yeah, I think uh, by far the most uh, shaping and meaningful experience I had was my very first one in Boston. Uh, I was coaching uh, Anna Maria College, a very small Division three yeah, college, yeah. like teeny tiny yeah. in Paxton, Massachusetts. And I remember the day I landed, uh, again, it was my very first experience in the States. Yeah. Uh, I started as a volunteer yeah. at the beginning and I barely spoke English <laughs> and I was like in front of these 98 kids yeah. uh, in a weight room with three square racks yeah. and four bars. Yeah. <laughs> so not many resources. Right. And I think the biggest challenge for me was to be able to use my knowledge yeah. to design a program that was actually efficient in that environment with very limited resources. And that experience literally taught me the most yeah. of what I know today. Right. Uh, uh, Despite of the results that we had in football, those don't really matter. Yeah. Uh, what I'm really proud of is that we didn't have a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, our athletes were improving throughout the season. But to be fair, fairly honest with you, uh, the relationship with I had, that I had with each and every one of those athletes is still alive today. Like We're still in touch yeah, cool. years later. Right. They still ask me for advices in their career. Few of them went into strength and conditioning nice. after coaching, yeah. after like lifting with me. And that's impressive. That's amazing. Yeah. That kind of impact right. is so much more rewarding than winning anything. Totally. Championship, doesn't matter. Yeah. If you can impact someone's life, that's the most you can do, yeah. and, I think. Yeah, and they, yeah, that's the, like you said, the coolest part that they're still staying in touch with you or come yeah. to visit if they're back home or wherever Absolutely. they might be from. Or, you know, again, with social media, the opportunity to stay connected is so much yes. greater now. But so it's too funny. Uh, Anna Maria College, Paxton Mats, um, it was probably the middle 2000s when I was competing in strongman back in the day. So this guy, uh, I was just telling the story with my buddy CJ Murphy. He owns a place called Total Performance Sports in Everett, Mass. So these guys used to put on along a strongman competitions. Oh, I see. And there was a strongman competition. It was supposed to be at Anna Maria College in Paxson. And it was ended up being, and I can't remember the time of year, but uh, it ended up being this crazy ice snowstorm. So this is probably oh. middle 2000s, like 06, 07. Uh, it shut down the school. So they had to cancel the strongman competition at, that wasn't going to be at the gym anymore. And they moved it to this guy, Nate, who was one of the uh, strongman competition organizers. They moved it to his barn in Paxton. And like it was like Snowmageddon. There was just ice everywhere. Power lines were down. There was no power anywhere. So me and my buddy, John Chaffee, we had been training for it, you know, had paid all our dues. We, we were there. We stayed overnight in a hotel. We were like, well, it's canceled at the school. It's going to be at this barn now. So we go. It's freezing. You're, you know, you're in like 
literally all your clothes that you could own. We tried to warm up <laughs> as best we could. It was miserable. We did like the first event and then we quit. We were like, screw this. We're out of here, man. We're leaving. This isn't worth it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't like the cold too much either. Uh, it was too funny. But um, this has been super great. Uh, I know people are going to be interested in reaching out to you after this. Um, you want to throw any social media up or what's yes. the best way to connect with you? Uh, either the CSCS prep group on Facebook, okay. uh, if you are down that path. Yep. Uh, Mm, there's me, Catherine, a bunch of other instructors cool. that are supervising the web, the Facebook page. Or if you're already in the community working, maybe the NSCA will lifting SIG cool. as a Facebook page, uh, which I manage. So after that, I can share all my private in contact information. Like I'm always open to reach out to people, awesome. uh, answer private messages, email, phone calls, like whatever the case may be. I'm, I try to be always available. Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. Looking thank forward you. to the weightlifting SIG meeting tomorrow. It's going to be super interesting. And, and a big thanks to our sponsor, Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. And to all of you listening, we appreciate your support. Uh, again, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from. Write us a review and keep listening in. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks. Yeah, join the Facebook group, again, CSCS Exam Prep that Antonio's on, or, again, the Weightlifting Special Interest Group, which is a private uh, page, I believe, right? Yes, it is. So you have to ask to join, but uh, you'll get accepted, and then you can interact. It's really a great way. So we appreciate your time. Thank you. I uh, look forward to the rest of the conference here. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Thank man. you. Yeah. Thank you. And as you know, we at the NSCA love research and especially applying that research. If you're not a member yet, join us and get access to the best strength and conditioning journals available. Just go to nsca.com slash membership. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.